Welcome to the Asylum. Now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Here we are, back in the Asylum once again, a little bit later than normal, but uh, we have few things on our mind, a few things on our plate we'll get off to you. I'm Rick Briggs, my partner Rick Flieger. We are Flieger and Briggs. Keep the questions coming. I'll tell you what, the mailbag's full, Rick. Uh, drafts are coming up. We've, we've got a lot of questions to get into with the mailbag tonight at, Asi- or not at, asylumfootball at gmail.com. Yes, get those questions in, for God's sake. Yeah, and we do have a big announcement. Ooh. Rick, I'll let you do the honors. I mean, you are the biggest mouth, so I'll that's let you talk. Tr- well, that's true. I can't argue with that. So... As you know, if you've followed the asylum for a long time, we're basically uh, nomads, right? We bounce around wherever people have us. So <laughs> we have another change. Uh, no longer, Rick, will we be with the Arena Sports Network. As a matter of fact, the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show, my friends, is now a part of the Fake Pigskin Network on fakepigskin.com, Rick thrilled excited to do it oh couldn't couldn't be happier there's a lot of guys that we've known although never met face to face but we've known for years and that's probably why they still talk to us because we've never had to meet that's a good that's a good point never had to be in the same room they're three thousand miles (laughs) away from us for the most part true but i tell you what just a bunch of great guys a lot of great content on fakepigskin.com, and, um, you know, we are going to be on there. We're going to be probably increasing. I don't know if the number of podcasts, but certainly the length. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot more content that way. So, uh, you know, stick with us. And, um, you know, the fake pigskin, I mean, they have everything. You know, we, oh. redraft, keepers, that that's what we specialize in. But there's Dynasty. You know, the best ball stuff, just everything. NASCAR, Rick. Oh, yeah, golf. of course. I'm just talking foot fantasy yeah, football cigar, right Cigar, you know, anything you can imagine, it is on there. So check that out, fakepigskin.com. We, you will hear us. Uh, so, so attention to our listeners. We will be man- maintaining the website and the iTunes feed probably for a couple of months here to give you lazy bums time to transition. And I'm talking to the, the asylumites, Rick. Hopefully they're hearing this on the fakepigskin.com. We're still in the transition phase, so hopefully this ends up on their website as well. But this is to you lazy, slovingly asylumites who love to listen and love to complain but like, don't like to take any action. Dean which in prob- Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, which probably explains why you like this show. So, But <laughs> I will maintain – AsylumFantasySports.com, as well as our iTunes feed for a couple of months to give you time to transition. But continue to listen, dummies, and listen hard, because at some point the entire operation is going to migrate over to whatever platform the fake pigskin is going to use. We had so many demands. We had a writer look like Aerosmith coming in there, so they got a lot of work to do to get us transitioned over there. So once that's done, we'll give you a few weeks to migrate, but we need you to go over. you got to make us look good. I know you don't want to do anything else, buy anything we sell, send us any tweets or anything like that, but if you do nothing else 
head over and subscribe to that feed when we give it to you. So until then, keep following us at AsylumFantasySports.com. The Twitter will remain the same, at AsylumFootball, as well as the email, AsylumFootball at gmail.com. We'll keep all those the same for your question. But thank you to the Fake Pigskin. We're really excited. This is uh, is really our first foray into – like a really good site with good content that we haven't had the ability to provide. Right. Now we can just sort of hop on those coattails. You have the resource of the website. They have the new premium option for only three ninety nine a month for you. Uh, you you tech guys, you numbers guys. They got folks over there really crushing the analytics. It's worth the three ninety nine a month to go ahead and check all that out. Oh, no doubt about that. And if you're still listening, as Rick says, obviously you are right now. You know, if you haven't gotten on to fakepigskin.com, go to fakepigskin.com. Go to the bottom of the page and click on Meet the Fake Pigskin Staff. You read all the profiles of everyone on there, then you will realize why we are such a good fit with these people. Because <laughs> it is, it is, it is it, as smart as they are. You read the biographies, and they're all horrible people yeah, like we yeah. are. Awful, it, awful human beings, yeah, and that—that's what attracted that's, me to. Yeah, it, it really did. So. Exactly. Terrible but, people, brilliant fantasy minds, and what else could you possibly ask for? No doubt about so, that. So, as part of that, to you lazy asylumites, this is going to be a big thing for the fake pigskin listeners who I'm given to understand are very engaged and very willing to help out the sites and the shows we're looking for. I'm talking to you specifically, you lazy asylumites. We have a new new sponsor through the through the fake pigskin and through Asylum Fantasy Football here. It listen up football fans. If you love fantasy football, then you need to try these new best ball leagues, Rick. They're awesome. On the, my new favorite app and it really is Draft. Yeah, that it, it, yeah, and even Asylumites can draft. Yeah, isn't that perfect for dummies it. like us? It's called draft. You right. you understand, right? Here's how it works. You don't go to the army. Right. You know, this this is totally different. Right. Yeah, don't click that button. You don't want to do that. <laughs> right. But so head on over to draft. Here's what it is. It's daily fantasy football. If you participate in the MFL tens and the Scott Fishbowl, this is Rick, just your basic good old fashioned best ball league. You draft your league, you set it, you forget. Well, you don't even set it. You draft yeah. it. Yeah. You get your best players pulled from each position. What I like about this is there's any. It's, it's very much like your your daily leagues, your fan duels, and your DraftKings. You pick how much you want to play for. You can pick your prize pool. You can pick your friends. You can pick who you want to play with. You can jump in other leagues. But all you have to do is sit down and draft, and sit down and wait for that well, the, check to come in. And the thing about draft is it's season long, but with no management. Just set it and forget it. Right. Once you're done drafting, it's it. There's no trade. There's no waiver wire. You don't even have to set your lineup your best players get automatically selected and you'll get the best score every week i mean if you don't know what best ball is it's a nice way to break into fantasy football and um you know you don't have to worry about you know the analytics of lineups and and, and, you know matchups and so forth but you can draft the team anytime you want leagues start every couple of minutes so you can join one right now if you want to and i would if i were you oh yeah you know and the best part Play for cold, hard cash, baby. Ligs start from just 3 bucks, so there's a league for everyone. That's oh, it. I'll be, right? Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Oh, that's, no. that's all you did, you know. Well, no, you forgot the most important part, Rick. For a limited time only, limited time, I believe September 7th is the date I saw all new players get a free entry into a $3 best ball draft when you make your first deposit. 3 bucks is all it takes. Free. 
free money. Why the hell wouldn't you do that? I like free money, Rick. I don't know about you. I never had free money, so, I mean, obviously I'm going to love it. All you have to do is use a promo code FAKEPIGSKIN. Now, this is so easy. Yeah. Draft. Yes. And, you know, it's through the fake pigskin, so the promo code FAKEPIGSKIN. That's right. Play a real money game for free just using the promo code FAKEPIGSKIN. So here we go, just to make sure you understand it. Just (laughs) search Draft in the App Store or go to theplaydraft.com and come play free with promo code FAKEPIGSKIN. We can't make it any simpler than that. So listen, you lazy asylumites, go do it. It's free, for God's sake. We're not even asking you for anything. Because what's going to happen, you're going to fall in love with it. Then it's going to get good for everybody real quick. So check that out at uh, the Draft app in your iTunes Android store. Draft. Draft. You you, you can handle that. All right, Rick. Let's. Yeah. Uh, that's enough of the shilling. That's enough of the... Uh, the self-congratulations. We do have uh, another old friend of the asylum. Hopefully, we get caught up with him tonight. Be coming on uh, Corey Parson. You know him from Sirius XM. He's a producer, has his own show now, and uh, killing it up there on Sirius. Twitter. He's at fantasy, the fantasy exec. If, if you if That's you're a good only name. if you only go by handles. So uh, yeah, <laughs> hopefully we'll be catching up with Corey. And uh, he's always a great interview. Sadly, we live in a world where I know more people by their Twitter handle than I know by their Christian names. So, yeah, at the Fantasy Exec, uh, great guy. He's going to be a great interview, so we'll have him a little later yeah. on in the show. Rick, you got to lead it off no matter what it is. Odell Beckham Jr. in danger of missing week one, maybe even week two with an ankle sprain. I'll tell you what, I saw the hit. Rick, you probably weren't watching the game. Yeah, it was I did. after 7.30 p.m., so I just assumed you were in bed. Enough this nonsense. It's football season. <laughs> I stay up till 9, come Ooh, hell or high water, 9 a.m., buddy. All right. <laughs> so it, I thought it was over, and I thought it was a knee. I was actually quite surprised to find out it was the ankle. Here's what's strange. Here's what worries me about this, Rick, and I'm curious what you think. That's a pretty long timetable for a traditional sprained ankle, which is what they continue to characterize it as. Could this be the dreaded high ankle sprain? Oh, yeah, that's what it tells me. Or, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, it sounds like high ankle sprain to me, but you never know. I mean, the season starts what? Two weeks? Or what, 16 days away, I believe? Yeah, 16 days. I mean, really, if you think about it, if you miss the first week, you're talking three weeks. It's really not that crazy of a timetable for even a sprained ankle this early in the season. Do you want to risk losing him well, in no. week two for maybe six weeks during the meat of the schedule? No, no, I, I get that. And if, if if they had just told me, and I assumed whatever it was, if it was a blister on his big toe, if they come out and said we're sitting him down the rest of the preseason, that would be perfectly logical to me. But for talk that he may miss a week or two in the regular season, that just seems – it even seems a long way down the line to look with an ankle sprain. Because an ankle – again, I'm not a pro athlete. Shocker. Hold on to the table, Rick. You know, don't fall over. That that surprises you, I'm certain. I'm no pro athlete. But a sprained ankle generally is you sprain it and you hobble around and one morning without warning you wake up and you seem like you're right. You know what I mean? So for them to be have a timetable to put on it outside of saying we're shutting them down for the rest of the camp and we'll see what happens in week one. For all this speculation for week one, and I've seen speculation possibly week two, I just I dread that high ankle sprain. Right? Yeah. You know how long it takes these guys to come back from those from those things. And even when they do, it seems like they're never right because the only way to 
repair those, it seems, is taking an inordinate amount of time off. And I don't know if they're going to be patient enough to wait for that. I, I really don't. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. If 100%. he's going to be patient enough, quite frankly. Well, does it affect his draft value at all to you? I guess is the only fantasy question here. Depending on where I'm drafting, yeah. If I'm drafting right around, say, whatever, four, five, six, something like that in a you know, regular draft, yeah, I may bump somebody up over him. I may move him behind, say, Julio and Mike Evans right, right now. exactly. That's exactly the two guys I was thinking of if you had them ahead. And you can make the case any order of those three well, anyway. So, I mean, if you're torn – yeah, I mean, I would probably drop him down below those two. As I fiddle around with my rankings as I get ready to draft and have those prepared for the caveman draft tomorrow, I, I'm, what I, the reason I haven't made the move yet is I'm afraid I've gotten just bought way too much into hard knocks. I tend to get like that when that show comes on. I'm starting to get a feel about Mike Evans with bringing Deshaun Jackson in town with as good as Jameis Winston has looked as as far as he has come. I'm wondering if Mike Evans doesn't become that number two guy behind Antonio Brown this year, even with a fully healthy Odell Beckham. Now, you could say the same for Beckham Certainly. with bringing in a Brandon Marshall, but sure. I, I think bringing in Deshaun Jackson adds such a different element to that Tampa Bay offense where basically every – target was going Evans way anyhow now you open him up some room I, I just I got a feeling he, he could maybe even surpass Antonio Brown I'd never have the guts to put him above Antonio but I think Mike Evans might be above those two guys right now as I sit here without the Odell Beckham injury oh it's very possible there's no doubt about that and and I mean it's uh it's not even surprising he was always kind of lower on my radar a couple of years ago because he had the, the double-digit touchdowns, but he had like the 65 catches. But he's up around 96 now. So now he's elevated from, you know, a nice receiver to, I mean, he's yeah. a top-notch elite receiver period yeah but i think to wrap up this odell beckham thing i to my knowledge i don't have any drafts coming up where i'd really be in that odell beckham spot of course in the draft with giants draft i picked four and took odell beckham but uh that was before all this went down i think i may move mike evans and julio above him just just to be safe but i i think you throw those three or four guys, I'll even include Mike Thomas. I, I don't think you do, but I'll include them. You throw those three or four guys in a bag and pull one out, and I, th I think you'll be just as well off. So that's why I don't think I'd take the risk with Odell Beckham here. Rick, uh, sad news for you. I'm certain the Jaguars have opened up the their quarterback to for a position to a competition because Blake Bortles just continues to struggle, has looked so pathetic in the preseason. Chad Henney actually going to get the start tonight. We're recording this on Thursday. Chad Henney will get the start tonight. Uh, Blake Bortles will get some time later on with the first team. What's this mean? It's over for Bortles, it right? It means Bortles is terrible. I mean, the promise he showed a couple of years ago, which translated into a total disaster last year, basically only gave him enough cushion to get a pass going into this year. You know what I mean? Right. You know, okay, something happened last year. He's focused now. He's, he'll be back to where he was a couple of years ago. He's horrible. I mean, he looked totally lost right. out there. And the one play that sticks out in my mind, Allen Robinson was downfield, yep. wide open, and he missed him by five yards. Yeah, left it five yards short. Yeah. It, I mean, that's – An overthrow you can understand. How do you leave it five yards short on that route? 
That's it's just inexcusable. Right. And yeah, he just looks incompetent. So I Chad Henney, is he the second coming no. of John Unitas? No. But is he gonna really send that offense into a tailspin with Bortles out of there? I don't think so. I, I think it improves the fantasy prospects of an Allen Robinson. And I think that's what we're really talking about here. We assume irregardless of who's playing quarterback, if you had a sack of potatoes playing quarterback, if that foot's healthy, and that's looking more and more to me, Rick, like a big if, but if that foot's healthy, that offense is going to run through Leonard Fournette and he's going to have success. All he's ever done his whole career is face seven, eight, nine-man boxes, right? So I don't worry about him. This all becomes about what does Bortles stepping out and Henny stepping in mean for Allen Robinson? And, Rick, I have to think it's a good thing. I really do. Look, Henny's bad. There's a reason he's been on every team in the league, started two games, and moved on to the next one. But if he could just make these simple, intermediate type of throws and give Allen Robinson a chance to make plays. If, if you go back to 2015, Rick, that's what it was. You, you know, Blake Bortles wasn't putting things on a rope like Tom Brady. He was getting the ball in the halo of Allen Robinson, and we saw his coming out party where he started, it was, started pulling down everything. Right. And then last year, how many balls did we see Allen Robinson lay out for, and the ball just comes up three inches off of his fingertips? I think anybody with a professional type of accuracy, I think, Look, he's not going to be an Allen Robinson where we valued him going into last year, but I think he performs a lot better than my expectations were for him going into this year with a Chad Henney at quarterback, and I, I can't believe I'm saying that out loud, let alone into a microphone. I know. I agree. It, you know, he's been with Jacksonville since 2012, <laughs> and, you know, he's never had – he's ne- just never had a good year, quite frankly. Um, you know, his best year, I guess, was – what, 2013, where he actually started 13 games that year. Yeah, I guess he never played anywhere else, did he? I he played believe. Miami's yeah, first three right, years. Yeah. But I, I kind of made it sound like he was a journeyman, like he was one of the McCowns. He yeah, wasn't that. Yeah. He's just been the second coming every the two places he's, he's been. And he's basically your 60% accuracy yeah. guy, and he's got 58 total touchdowns and 63 total interceptions. He's not going to light it up. He no. probably won't kill you too bad. But I think they want to run the ball, and they have everything. you got a Fournette. When he misses six games, which he will, Chris Ivory, Problem is you Yeldon. have to be able to pass. Right. And that's one thing the last well, the last year and the preseason, Bortles has not been able to do yeah. until they're down 35 nothing, yeah. And they yeah. don't cover anybody. Right. Then he finally hits a few guys. I will say this. If and when they name Henny the starter, Rick, I hope they cut him now in in this preseason. I got a feeling this is just a bad marriage. You're talking Bortles. Bortles. Okay. That this is a bad marriage between a bad team, a new coach coming in who this, Bortles isn't his guy. They don't seem to get along. They don't seem to be on the same page. From a skill set standpoint, we have seen flashes of Blake Bortles being able to be a really above-average NFL quarterback. And I just wonder in the right situation. Like, Let's just say, Rick, Ben Roethlisberger retires at the end of this year. Blake Bortles gets cut and they bring him into Pittsburgh. I could see him with the right weapons and the right coaching around mm-hmm. him having some success in this league. I have a feeling this is just a wore-out-his-welcome-in-a-city type of place. Or is he another Jay Cutler 
Perhaps. who comes into a team and maybe the first year he's fine and then he loses interest and people have to suffer through a three-year contract that he signed or a four-year deal before they can boot his butt right, out. Right, right. And, and that's a possibility. But you, I mean, yeah, the possibilities, you don't know if a guy is totally done. Like you said, maybe a change of scenery could kickstart something in him. But, I mean, he could probably go to New England and be a superstar well, like yeah. Matt Castle was. But right. I don't I, know. I'm, I'm not. There just seems to be some places in, in across all sports, in the NFL's no exception, where there just are vortices of suck, right? And I think Jacksonville's one of those. So it's just such a terrible franchise with such a history of losing. And every year, Rick, they win the draft, right? And every year they seem to be, win the preseason, it looks like. And you think, this is the year. I think, didn't we predict them to make the playoffs last year, Rick? At least I did. And they come out and win three games. There's just something about that place that take makes average players bad, good players average. It's, just, it's a terrible, terrible place. And you just wonder if you can get out soon enough before, and maybe it's too late for Blake Bortles, if you get out soon enough before you forget what it's like to be a success and forget what it's like to do things the right way, I just I would like to see him somewhere else. I'd like to see them cut him here in August and him end up somewhere else, maybe looking for a starting gig next season and maybe seeing what Blake Bortles actually has. You know, the more you analyze Blake Bortles, and we talked about bringing in the weapons, you know, he had the Allen brothers, of course, Marquise Lee showed up. They actually had Julius Thomas there. You know, that we talk about the 2015, we had 35 touchdowns. He did have 18 interceptions, but that's still almost 2-1. to one. But if you look at his completion percentage in 2014, 58.9. 2015, 58.6. 2016, 58.9. I'm starting to see a very disturbing trend well, with this cat. Like 58% might <laughs> like, just be his completion percentage. Exactly. Right? And, and that's why I say with Chad Henney, I don't think you notice much anything because it's the same percentage. Yeah, he's a 60% guy, too. So yeah. you just, it's somebody who can make the basic throws. And I think when you get under that microscope and you underthrow one ball, right? If half the quarterbacks in this league threw that same ball, we sure as hell wouldn't be spending 10 minutes on it on a podcast, right? But when you start to go down that road where there's issues and the coaching staff's unhappy and the team's thinking about making a change, these things really get analyzed. So I think you're not going to see a whole lot for any. But I do think it's good for Robinson. I I really do. I think it maybe simplifies the offense a little bit, right, and they're running less intricate stuff and just gives Allen Robinson a chance to go out and make plays, which, frankly, for a season and now this preseason, Blake Bortles hasn't given him a chance to do. Yeah. You know, I came across just a little snippet of a story, and it wasn't, you know, it's very unremarkable when when you read it, but you start to think about it. Dwayne Allen spent his first five seasons catching passes from Andrew Luck. Right. Okay? And, um, you know, now he's in New England with Tom Brady. And that transition to this new offense, it says in the article, has not gone smoothly at all. In fact, Allen has admitted that the Patriots' offense is is very difficult to pick up. It's extremely hard, quoted, or Allen said, I'm quoting Allen, via the Boston Herald. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And the thing is, he goes on to say, it is hard but also stimulating and very exciting. 
he said of learning this offense. It is one of those things where you pray for something so long, and when it comes, you can't cry because it's harder than you thought it was going to be. This is really, man, I tell you what, I could see Gronk and Hernandez all over again with this guy. He seems like he is, I mean, totally focused, really embracing this, and he's like so upbeat and positive. Right. Dwayne Allen could turn into a hell of a fantasy weapon this year. We saw it, you know, not necessarily because it didn't seem like either of them were healthy much of the time, but we, we you saw it with Martellus Bennett last year. He flashed a couple times early in the year. You never really got him on the field at the same time doing what Gronk and Hernandez does do did, but Bye, not does. Hernandez is not even in jail anymore. He's no longer with us, unfortunately. But... Dwayne Allen has that skill set. You know, he doesn't have the speed of Gronk. He's not the open field player that Gronk is, but it should be a good goal line threat, and you know that offense will love it. You know what I took away from that quote and where I actually thought you were going with this, though, is when you start talking about how difficult it is to pick up for somebody to come in off the street and pick this up, I started thinking about Chad Johnson. Oh, yeah. And name the 25 other, you know, not real high profile but, you know, good receivers that showed up in New England, we got excited about and completely washed out. I thought we were going to a Brandon Cooks discussion as he just rockets up draft boards. And from the outside looking in, you think, well, obviously, they're going to this fantastic passing offense. He's such a deep threat. He's such a weapon. This is why I worry about him, and this is why if I end up being wrong, this is what I'm willing to accept. They go up there. Remember how good Chad Johnson was. And he showed up in New England, and he just couldn't pick it up. And he was a joke. He was a laughing stock up there. He's sitting on the pine. Right. And I think you could see – it's as it's equally as possible you see that as you see Brandon Cooks even continue on par with what he's done in his career, let alone exceed it. I did, the risk is so high to me for everything that we know about New England, for everything there that Dwayne Allen said. That's why I'm not going to have many, if any, Brandon Cook shares, especially at the price I have to pay for them right now. Well, that's the key. You know, Dwayne Allen's on the cheap. Oh, right, And right. Cook's isn't. Yeah, that's and a that's, risk worth taking. Yeah, Allen's actually worth stashing on the bench because that could turn into a real diamond in a rough later on. And – for the price you're getting him, if he doesn't pick up the offense and has a bad year, eh, so what? You didn't spend nothing on him. Right, and I mean, if for no other reason, you know, who was the president last time Gronk played 16 games, Oh, right? yeah. I mean, we know he's going to miss a significant amount of time, and, and I worry that's not going to get any better. Seems healthy coming in. You know, he didn't seem healthy coming in last year. He still had issues, so. He's on the Tom Brady diet now. Well, that, that can't and here, right? Yeah, and he's uh, – committed to eating and living more healthy apparently during the season so. i'm certain he is but he plays a different style of football and that style of football that lends it your, yourself to getting injured i think which is why you know the way tom brady plays quarterback he takes a minimal amount of hits plus see you know, all the other eating right and taking care of himself and obviously he's been touched by god or sold his soul to satan or he did something to be living the life he's living right now on top of all the hard work and everything which i'm willing to grant you know grunk plays a different style of football and his style of football is not only being faster than you but he's bigger and stronger than you and is going to run you over and he, he's a physical type of player so with that with his injury history and he doesn't drop football well, that helps, too. But with all that, you know he's not playing 16 games. If you can squeeze 10 or 11 out of him, you had a pretty darn good year. Right. Which bodes well even for stashing Dwayne Allen, irregardless. 
So let's move on here, Rick. Le'Veon Bell says on Twitter the other day he will sign with the Steelers and show up on September 1st. So we, we can discuss that. I know how you feel about that. Asylumites know how we feel about these guys showing up late. Here's what I'm curious about. From no true reputable sp- source, but there is a lot of talk, a lot of speculation around town here, Rick, in western Pennsylvania, that the Steelers may hold him out a week one due to preparation. Oh, what the heck are you doing over there? You just talk. You're throwing me. Oh, Rick, Rick pulls out this binder. He's got 9,000 <laughs> sheets, and he's peeling them off one by one like it's a magic show. I didn't know what the hell was going on there. But anyhow, speculation, they hold him out week one because he's not prepared either physically or for all these new wrinkles in the game plan everybody's talking about that I haven't seen yet in anything I've paid attention to. What do you make of all this? What do you make of Le'Veon coming back when he does? And is there any chance in hell they hold Le'Veon Bell out for week one or week two? Yeah. Really? Yeah, there is. Because he's September 1st. He's talking about coming back September 1st, which gives you roughly, maybe not even quite a week. Nine days in the first. Yeah, first but, I mean, I'm not 10. even sure the, the heavy practices. Well, so, no, you know they practice saying? so little now. And you go right back to this. I don't know what he's been doing. I mean, obviously, I'm sure he's probably still in great shape and everything. But it always seems to happen, especially with running backs. Oh, tweak the hammy. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, he's going to do that or pull a groin. Yeah, that's yeah. So now you're talking injury on a running back. Right. And if he had just showed up to camp. You know, what was the point of waiting till September 1st? He didn't want to practice. He yeah. didn't have to. Exactly, because he, he doesn't want to practice. Right. And yet he wants a long-term deal, but I don't want to practice. Right. And, you know, reportedly, I'm sure, you know, it's old news now, but there was a five-year deal that his agent apparently agreed on, and then when it came time to sign, nah, I don't think so. Well, yeah. he got that idea in his head that he wants to be paid as a number one running back and number two receiver in some weird conglomeration of those two. I don't know if it was that. You know what? It might just be, Rick, he doesn't want to play in Pittsburgh. Maybe he just doesn't want to. Maybe. And so be it, I guess. that You know, it sucks as a Steeler. Maybe he doesn't want to be here. Yeah, maybe he doesn't. But, you know, you're getting paid, what, $12.5 bucks this year? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, on the franchise tag. And the five-year deal, I'm sure, was not. Oh, nowhere near that, I'm not, sure. Not near that, but I'm sure it was very comparable to running back salaries. Oh, yeah. yeah. In the NFL. And he doesn't want to play in Pittsburgh. Whether or not that's true, we don't know. But if that's true, you're not going to have a whole lot of leverage with this kind of attitude you know, going to – I mean, who do you want to go to? You don't want to go to, like, San Francisco, I wouldn't think, well, or somebody like that. I mean, obviously he's in it for the money. That's right, exactly. But, but you're making $12.5 million this year. In the is the difference – and maybe it is I, – I just – see, we have this discussion all the time, but if I'm getting paid $8 million or just using round figures, $8 million for five years – or nine and a half for four somewhere else. But the team at five five years, I know I'm going to be in the playoffs. Right. I know I might win some championships. And over here, I know I'm going to get my brains beat out 
against Seattle twice every every week, against Arizona twice every year, and we may win five games. Does it not matter? I mean, I mean, I, to a lot of guys. No. And this is a legitimate question, I guess. How do you strive to be the best? I mean, you know what? I, well, is it is it good enough? You, the discussion always is like Rick Flager's passed up for the Hall of Fame again this year. Yeah, man, he never won a title. Right. You know, and when these guys are like 40, 50 years old, and all of a sudden, you know, well, you know, I should be in the Hall of Fame. I was the best player or whatever. Yeah, you rummied around on <laughs> on this team, and, and you won eight games. You know. I get it. I, I I think from a an analyst perspective, from a fan perspective, and, and, and from a lot of players' perspective, that's a perfectly reasonable. And I point understand you're these guys. Well, I have to feed my family and so forth. But let, let's get real. There are many. There's hundreds of millions of people that feed your families on far less than eighty right. million dollars that these guys are going right. to make, and it maybe not in the same lifestyle. I get all that, but you know, two or three million dollars. Is it going to make that much of a difference down the road? To say, him it may. Yeah, I but mean. say you win two Super Bowls. And now, you know, Rick Fligger, three-time world champion Rick Fligger, he's on a Wheaties box. Or three-time, three-game-a-year winner Rick Fligger, he's not on the Wheaties box. But I, I mean, got mine. <laughs> I got mine. That's his is, attitude, I'm assuming. But the thing is, endorsements. Look at, look at what Tiger Woods made in endorsements. By winning. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Arnold Palmer, still, I mean, you know, to the day he died, was one of the highest endorsed athletes. Why? Because he won. Right. That's, I guess that's the the question to me. Yeah, the, the thing is, I will never, never get into somebody else's pocket. If that extra two or three million dollars is I'm worth not it criticizing. To you, no, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, he can do whatever he wants. I get it. I wonder again, just rampant speculation, because that's all we're doing here. And we'll get to yeah. fantasy shortly. I promise. Rampant speculation is, you know, number one, why he may not want to be here, or number two, just why he's saying I'm not showing up till I absolutely have to. Obviously, we knew he was going to sign this right. deal. We yeah. get him for one year fully guaranteed the biggest money any running backs ever made. So obviously he was going to show up. Look, it's something stupid, but Mike Tomlin is notorious for absolutely beating the hell out of his guys this time of year in August in Latrobe. And he's just saying, I don't have to. I can't be fined for it. I know I'm the best True. player in the league. I True. know I'm going to show up. They're going to plug me in the lineup. I'm not going to miss any time. They're going to hand me $12.5 million. I am not taking three extra weeks of game pounding because if you believe what some folks have said, it's a game pounding you're taking in these Mike Tomlinson preseason practices. I'm not going to do it because where I do agree with you know, either wanting to move on or not taking whatever deals out there is it's all about the guaranteed money now, right? True. We know that. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm not breaking ground here. We know the lifespan of an NFL running back, especially one with his injury history True. that he already has already. So he's just saying, look, I here's my guess, my guess getting into his head. He wanted to move on. The Steelers franchised him. That's part of the collective bargaining agreement. Nothing you can do about it. Couldn't get a long-term deal worked out. I'm going to take this big money, but I'm not showing up till I absolutely have to maximize my opportunity to be healthy at the end of this year when I sign the biggest deal ever for a running back elsewhere. 
That's what I'm thinking is happening here. I I don't have a problem with it. I don't like it as a Steeler oh, fan. I don't have a but problem from with him it. as a human being, as a man, look, I, I get it. I get it 100%. You just wonder. I worry about from a fantasy football perspective and from a Steelers fan perspective, what's it going to be like for, for Le'Veon Bell owners? What's it going to be right. like in terms oh. of game played for Le'Veon Bell? Because so many times these hamstrings, these groins, exactly. these guys get dinged up, they get nicked up early on. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I'm not blaming him. That was a long way to get there, wasn't it? It was, but it, it's – I don't know. There's certain things that we have to do, but, hey, we're going to try to get a hold of Corey Parsons yeah, let's, here. Yeah, uh, let's see if Corey's on the line. All right. Okay, we got Corey Parson on the line. And, uh, you know, Corey, everybody knows you as the fantasy exec on Twitter and, uh, you know, know all your fine work on the Fantasy Sports Network. Welcome. Well, thanks a lot. You know what I'm saying? I always, this is like a, 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 a right of, a right of August when we three of us get on the phone and talk fantasy football. Always one of my favorite things to do this time of year is uh, talk with you guys and your audience and stuff like that. I know since. Going back for years now, we've always had a good time having this conversation, so I couldn't miss out on it. Oh, we, we appreciate it, Corey. It's great. So what have you been up to, man? I guess you're doing your own own show now? Well, I'm on the Fantasy Sports Network. Oh, nice, um, nice. F-N-T-S-Y, so got that going. So we got the Roto Experts in the morning over there now, and then I have the uh, Fantasy Football Frenzy program, you know, which you can catch on F-N-T-S-Y, F-N-T-S-Y radio app, iHeart, and iTunes. So, you know, a lot of stuff on the um, you know, F-N-T-S-Y YouTube channel. Get a lot of work done over there. So it's that time of year. So we've been rolling, moving, and grooving over there. So definitely um, come hop on over and check us out and, um, you know, give us a buzz. Yeah, you better believe it. And, you know, Corey, one thing that um, that we always remember talking to you in years past is you always coined that phrase, the, I don't know what it was now, like the triumphant or whatever, you know, those top three. three kings. Yeah, the three kings, whatever, those top three running backs. It looked like going into 2017 – we finally had that with Johnson, Bell, and Zeke, and now we turn around and you know Lord Goodell's put, throwed his weight around, got Zeke out of there. Le'Veon Bell decides he wants to wait till September first. How does that affect you in your mind if you're talking to people that you know asking fantasy questions? You know we play so hardcore that we get our strategy in our head and we don't even think about the rest of the industry now. Let me tell you something. It's two different ways that you can play this thing. I'll start with off. Le'Veon Bell is one, two, keep him right there. You know what I mean? Le'Veon Bell is one, two, keep him right there. He had to wait until September 1st to get his system clean. System be clean <laughs> September 1st. Le'Veon Bell, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell be running touchdowns for your fantasy football team. I'm not worried about that. Now, Zeke is the interesting one. In a 12-team league, I would go on the two-three turn. I want to pair him up with a Bell. I want to pair him up with a David Johnson. That's how I would like to get it. Now, I already have him in two or three spots already, you know, from when, when we thought suspension was going to be two games. So I'm out. It's a, it's, a, it's a matter of how much risk you want to take on with the situation. I'm out. I got him in two spots. I'm good. I have had enough. But if you want to get a piece of the action and have two big backs going down the stretch like David Johnson and Ezekiel Elliott, and you think you could piece it together in a, in a, um, in a, in a you know, the way we play in a 12-team league, where you start three wide, I would take him on a two-three turn. If you're on a ten-team league where you start two running backs, two wide receivers, I would damn near say I would take him one-five, one-six in that range right there. Because in a ten-team league, you can kind of take that blow and manage it, especially if you got limited roster spots. 
you know, some of these Wendell Smallwood and stuff that you have on your bench, why not put Ezekiel Elliott on your bench, especially if you're on a 10-team league? Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. So who are those guys? I'm actually I'm in that. It's funny, right before we called you, we have uh, we have our big home league with all the all the guys we've been playing with for years is happening here in the studio tomorrow. And I'm picking I'm picking at that turn, figuring on taking Le'Veon Bell at that two spot. And I was just floating past Rick if it if I should get bold and make that move for Zeke Elliott coming back. So so first of all, thank you for uh, making me feel better about that. It makes me look smarter in Briggs' eyes, which is all I really. <laughs> <laughs> so, who are the guys you're targeting looking, you know, is it McFadden? Do we trust McFadden to piece it together? Who's that guy you're targeting that can keep my head above water, assuming I fill in some of these other positions? I'm really looking for the next running back, you know, fifth round and later. Who, who are a few of those guys that are slipping down that might keep my head above water until Zeke gets back? Jaquiz Rogers is going to have the job out there in Tampa to start the season. He's definitely a player I'd be in on. That Tampa Bay Buccaneer offense is very fantasy-friendly, so I think you'll be able to get some production out of him for those first three weeks. A player like Terrence West in Baltimore looks like he's going to have the job to himself because who Danny Woodhead, when he's on the football field, he's a running back, one in the PPR. But he's not really on the football field all that much. Another thing about Danny Woodhead, when Danny Woodhead gets hurt, he's not out for two or three weeks. Danny Woodhead goes out for the season. Right. So, uh, Terrence West is that guy, you know, in that Baltimore backfield is probably going to win the football a lot. Don't get me wrong, he's a pedestrian. He's a journeyman. Uh, Darren McFadden in round seven, eight. I don't want to pull the trigger too quick on McFadden. I like Alfred Morris late a lot. I think Alfred Morris is going to be a part of a time chain. I think Alfred Morris at this stage of their career is a better running back. He's not going to give you nothing catching the football, Alfred Morris, which Darren McFadden would. Um, so those are some of the players you can use to piece it together. We don't think Devontae Booker will be back on the field till week three, but I think he can be an interesting uh, piece, you know, when he gets healthy and gets back. But, you know, you need something a little bit quicker than that. I would go with those guys in that range right there. I love the young man in Kansas City, Kareem Hunt. If you pull the trigger on him in round six, I think that he can give you a little boost. Even if he's not the starter, I think he can get enough action in Andy Reid's system to um, – because, you know, Spencer Ware is not really all that inspiring. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And there's there's still a lot of running backs out there on the cheap. I mean, you look you look at Frank Gore. I mean, you have uh, you know Matt Forte and Bilil Powell, in New York. You know, who knows? They're they're both going to get plenty of playing time. I think you know Tevin Coleman's another one of those kind of guys. There's a lot of these kind of guys that can be had. Yeah, no doubt, Tevin Coleman's a play I'm in on this year too. Tevin Coleman, you know, most of the injuries say, "Well, listen, the touchdown regression is coming." He can't have that so few touches, but that's so few many many touchdowns. But I'm kind of like, well, this guy can still play. You know what I mean? And you know, Devontae Freeman obviously is the beast, is the lead dog in that backfield. But Tevin Coleman got some game to him too. And you talk about touchdown regression. I mean, this is a team that scored sixty something touchdowns last year. They can they can use the score. They can stand the score a few more and still give you good fantasy value. <laughs> yeah, no doubt so, about that. So as you follow fantasy Twitter, which could just be maddening <laughs> this time of year, quite yeah. frankly, with all the hot takes, I think the kids call it nowadays. But uh, if you were to believe what you're reading on fantasy Twitter, every rookie running back right now, and it was drafting the first six rounds of the NFL draft, is going to have about 1,200 total yards and yeah. be an absolute fantasy stud. I'm curious, what, who are the guys you think are going to wash out that are actually going to perform like rookies and we're going to end up being disappointed on? You know what? The one that jumps off the page to me right now, I don't know how you guys feel about this, is Sam P. Ryan out there in, in D.C.? I don't know. You know, situation is turning. 
looking better in camp right now. Maybe I don't like his draft stock. Maybe that's what it is, that he's going before Rob Kelly, who's the starter and more than likely going to be the starter. Now, listen, D.C. is not a place you go to find a running back at anyway. Right. But, you know, Sam P. Ryan, I think he's a little bit overhyped in this situation. But it's going to be interesting to see how it play out. I know a lot of people in the industry are on him um, because of his talent and his skill set. When you look at the guys, the big dogs at the top of the board, Dalvin Cook's going to hit. McCaffrey, I like him more as an RB2. Fournette, I'm staying away from. That situation in Jacksonville stinks. <laughs> the guy I like a lot is the kid Kareem Hunt. I got a ton of shares Kareem Hunt all over. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs is a place you go to look for running game. We just know what Andy Reid likes to do with his running backs. He's going to put them on the field, and they're going to get an opportunity to play. And Hunt has been able to pick it up. We've seen a nice run. Joe Mixon. So, you know, like you said, those are the guys that you think will hit. But, you know, Sam Piron, I think, could be in a little bit of a trouble. He's one that jumps off the page to me as a guy that, you know, I'm, I'm really not going to want to fool with too much when it comes to drafting him at his value that he's going in drafts right now. Yeah, and I wonder, you mentioned Fournette, and he's the guy that, that a month ago jumped off the page as the guy who, who was going to be the number one, who was going to be the rookie sensation. And his ADP really sort of showed that. But here we are dealing with this foot injury that all he did in college, other than run for big games and score touchdowns was was have foot injuries he's got another foot injury add that on to the fact that the entire mess that offense has become in Jacksonville this is a guy if I was in a dynasty it's a different story in a redraft league I'm just flat avoiding especially at his current ADP and you know what that ADP is going in the opposite right direction right now fellas I was in the draft over the weekend and he went 311. These were some smart dudes in this draft, too. And they let that young man sit on the board to the farthest I've ever seen him drop. So, yeah, I think he's got a concern right now. That offense he's attached to is not real good. You don't know the situation. That quarterback is pitiful right now. That's a lot for a young man to overcome. You know, you want to compare him to Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott went behind the Great Wall of Dallas. You know, this guy is going behind, you know, the Great Hole in Jacksonville. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a shame, too, because it looks like, on the surface anyway, when you look at the last couple of years, it looks like Jacksonville has actually tried to – I mean, they always had a decent defense the last few years. It tried to add some weapons on that offense, and it just boils down to just horrifying quarterback play, and it's still such an unbalanced team that you can't trust them to win more than five games again, even with that defense. No, the defense, you got the good young good young players on that defense, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Dante Fowler, who is a, a, is a nut. But, um, you know, you look at the pieces on offense, this is what the Blake Bortles thing, fellas, has gotten so nasty right now that, you know, his teammates are not, like, really fooling with him. So it's got to be a mental thing for Blake Bortles right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if Blake Bortles got cut. That's how bad that situation is. He gets cut, now you got Henny being the quarterback of that team. It's going to be tough time trying to get that offense rolling. What do you think Henny means for an Allen Robinson? Uh, n- n- top better than Blake Bortles? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, as bad as Henny is, that I have that same feeling. That this actually be a good thing for an Allen. It's bad for the offense, but a good thing for Allen Robinson's fantasy prospects. But how good, though? Right. Good right. enough to be the player he was a few years ago? I, I I have my doubts. I'd like to believe it. I'm I'm a fan of that kid after what he did two seasons ago. I just have a hard time seeing him getting back there. All right, I want to touch yeah. on something real quick, Corey. He has not even been able to throw yet in practice. Yet Andrew Luck is still quarterback six in ADPs, and 
I tell you what, I want no part of this guy. The, the offensive line is horrifying. The defense stinks, and he hasn't even thrown a pass yet. Yeah, this is a tough situation that Andrew Luck is looking at right here. I don't know if you guys have seen the report just came out recently. Um, it looks like, if I'm not mistaken, we can break some news right here, fellas. Uh, ESPN, so this is probably Schefter, Adam, um, that uh, Andrew Luck is unlikely to play in week one. And we kind of felt it was trending in this direction anyway. You're not getting a discount on Andrew Luck because court, that, that, which you, that tier is so mixed up with all those guys are the same, so we're not seeing a discount. You may see a discount in a round drop, but you're not really seeing a discount in ADP. I took him in a league the other night. I felt comfortable with it, still feel comfortable with it, because I came right back in the next round and snatched up Matthew Stafford, who I got all over the place. So if he don't throw me a nice 30-something touchdowns, it's going to be a rough Christmas for these kids. <laughs> well, we can't have that, so we'll, we'll be we'll rooting for Matt Stafford. So, uh, so with Andrew Luck, with, every, with that situation going on, what's that do to T.Y. Hilton for you? You know what's tough? I bought T.Y. Hilton in the auction last night thinking I wasn't going to see a healthy Andrew Luck until week three. Got him for $27 out of a $200 cap. Not really getting a discount on Hilton either now. You see this also. You know, Hilton is still going in that middle of the second round, and I'm like, wow. People are optimistic on injury optimism. So that's what's going on with T.Y. Hilton's ADP right now. I had him coming into the season. When this Andrew Luck thing was just like a blip on the radar, I had Hilton as my wide receiver four. That's how good I think this guy is. He's dropped down my board to put my wide receiver 14 right now, but still T.Y. Hilton gives you excellent value if you can get him in the right spot and you can protect him until he gets on the field with Andrew Luck. Yeah. All right, one more thing before we let you go. I know you got to run here, but probably the most – injured team in the last two years has been the well, Los Angeles Chargers. But uh, how do you feel about, you know, we have Keenan Allen supposedly back healthy. You got Ty Williams who really, you know, brought it last year. Um, the second half of the season last year, Travis Benjamin's banged up. He seems healthy, raring to go. And then, um, of course, the, the rookie Williams will be back probably by about week six or seven. You know, if, and I know it's a huge if, I mean, if these guys stay healthy, Phillip Rivers is loaded with bear this year. He's got some weapons, and the one I like the most is the one right behind him in the backfield in Melvin Gordon. Yep. I'm taking him with that back into the first round. Anthony Lynn in tow now. You know what Anthony Lynn does, ground and pound, run the football. Him and Greg Roman put that system together, and they're going to run the football. Now he's going to be a very efficient Phil Rivers this year, so – the turnovers will probably come down, which is a good thing for Rivers. Maybe we don't see the amount of receptions, but I think the efficiency goes up. So the fantasy numbers stay about where they're at. And I think Phil Rivers is, a, is like this, he's in that tier of like every all those quarterbacks are mixed up. I don't mind leaving a draft with any one of them. Yeah, I, I agree. They're, it's good. But uh, hey, we'll let you go, Corey. Um, we really appreciate you coming on the show. We uh, hope that it's not so long next time. I want like to get you on before the season's over again. No doubt. Maybe even before the season starts, fellas. Hey, sounds good. Hey, we appreciate it, and uh, we will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, thanks man. Thanks, Corey. And that was Corey Parson from the Fantasy Sports Network. And I tell you what, Rick, he is one of my favorite people to talk to about fantasy sports. And I hope when he does come back on, we can have him for a, 
a whole hour, quite yeah. frankly. Oh, man. I'd, I'd listen to that guy read the phone book. It's just as simple as that. Funny guy, knowledgeable guy, just a blast. And it is. It is a rite of August. I mean, We it, do it every year. Yeah, it's great. And he never – he always takes the time to come on, and he's busy. He's producing shows. He has his – he's hosting his own show right. now. But he always seems to take time out with us, and, and we appreciate it. And uh, and he's a great listen. Oh. Great listen. Track him down there at yeah. FNTSY. Everything he says is funny. Everything. Yeah. He's, he's one of those guys. And it makes so. sense. Right. You know, Rick, I was sitting at home, I don't know, a couple of days ago. Shocker. Flipping through the channels. No. You know, in every one of these um, news networks, you know, and it reminded me of the question that came up is why I brought this up. Every one of the news networks, it's, you know, politics. Right. Pure and simple. It's not news. Oh, shoot it's, me in the you head. You know, it's politics. I can't take it anymore. Well, it, it prompted the question when we were at the Hall of Fame. In fact, we talked about it when we went over there. Right. You know, when the elections were going on back in the last year at this time through the fall, yeah, it was at like a fever pitch and everybody was really interested. Well, not everybody, in how, well, my friend. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, it was really popular. I mean, it was right, being right. watched, okay? Yeah. The election goes over, and it seems like it continues on and on and on, where you just look at it and you go, oh, I am so tired of this. So it kind of prompted us as we talked going over to the Hall of Fame. We got the opportunity to talk to um, L. Michaels. And, you know, I brought up the question to L. Michaels about the same thing about football. And, you know, about it peaking. Right. You know, baseball used to be America's sport. It's not any longer. It's football. And, you know, I kind of brought that up to – well, let's just listen to yeah, it instead of me listen. babbling Cause I, on. Because I believe you're in this clip. Your actual okay. question's in this clip. You mentioned that it's, you know, obviously the number one game in the country. Do you see it peaking or is there – do you see expansion? You know, the growth of the league? I mean, is there room to grow more? Well, probably there's, a, there's some room to grow. I mean, last year uh, there, was, there was a big deal made about – uh, the slight diminishment in ratings, and uh, that had a lot to do, obviously, with the election. And you know, one of our games went up against uh, a, a debate. So, th all of those things uh, were a confluence that did not help the ratings. But you know, Isaac Newton said, "What goes up must, you know, come down." In, in a manner of speaking. So, th you look at like one of the, you know, if, if you bought Apple stock. I mean, it's it, you. You've made a lot of money over the last 20 years, but it didn't go straight, straight up. I mean, it had to have a couple of bobbles. So the ratings had a little bobble last year, and I have to read these stories and I laugh about, you know, well, you know, maybe the ratings are diminished. Meanwhile, it's the number one, sh number one show on television, and Thursday night football was up in, in the in the top five as well. So you have all of this going on, and I mean, I'm thinking, wait a second, if the number one show on television is is, is a problem, and the number 20 show is getting rave reviews, what kind of cockamamie man? I guess that was the answer that, right. uh, you know, we were kind of looking for, really. And, you know, I appreciate Al Michael. He really went into depth, you know, on that. But how weird is it that you're standing there having a conversation with Al Michaels? I still can't wrap my head around that. I don't know. I stood and had a handshake conversation with Arnold Palmer yeah, before, Jim Brown. My mind. I still fanboy out a little bit. I know. I, I get excited. I never do. I, yeah, I'm just – You're too cool for school. No, not too cool. It just, uh, you know, it's it's just not – I mean, they're people, and they have certain knowledge, and it's fun to tap into that knowledge. Right. Yeah, but I, I think the point with this is, you know, we, we can talk about the, the ratings thing or, or the politics thing. 
You know, the, the point of it is it's gotten to the point where they're trying to cross over, and I pray they don't, right, Rick? You know, the, the right. Kaepernick thing comes to mind, and I'm not having that conversation. I would literally rather drive a 10-penny nail through my eyeball right now than have the Colin Kaepernick conversation again. But I think the point, I think Al Michaels nailed it there. Shocker. <laughs> right, a big surprise. He, he got it right. You know, maybe the overall numbers go down, but in terms of percentage of what people are watching, the NFL is still king. Is it going to hit a saturation point? I think so. And I think it will. You, know, you see all these dummies on Twitter, you know, this guy knelt, this guy did that, this guy said that. I'm never watching again. You're lying you're being a just a tough guy on Twitter trying to prove a point. You're not going anywhere. You'll watch every single game. You'll buy every ticket. You'll buy nine jerseys. You just want to say you're not going to do it. It's it's all just got to stop, Rick. It's got thing, things have gotten out. I know it's a weird political climate, or so I hear. I don't pay much attention to it. The football for me, this stupid show that we do, fantasy football, these are escapes for me, and I don't like them crossing over. And I really think maybe an election cycle, as it were last year, could affect those numbers a little bit, especially a Monday night game where a debate was going on and the country was really wrapped up in that. You're not going to see that this year. The Colin Kaepernick thing is not going to move the needle. And, and realistically, Rick, the domestic violence issue and all the issues that everybody are coming down on the NFL for aren't going to move the move the needle what could is this concussion these concussion issues and the more we learn about that going forward I think if something is poised to take the NFL down it's going to be something like that not something in the moment in such a strange political climate right I think this is just such a different time and this too shall pass right and the NFL's remained king although maybe their kingdom isn't as shiny but they've remained king through it and they'll be right back if not better when all this is said and done maybe I'm naive but that's the way I see it. I think you hit on one thing and one thing Only. especially <laughs> well is this is this is this is my distraction. This is my downtime. This is right. my getaway from everything that I am sick of dealing with when I'm at work or right. if I'm watching the news, blah blah blah. And yeah, I mean, I'm no, I'm not going to talk politics on this show. You and I don't talk politics unless you have about 28 beers yeah. in you. I get wound up <clears> then, and it was like 12. It wasn't 28. You and make I me sound was... like a drunk. <laughs> and to be fair, your plan all day was to get drunk too, and instead you got old and sleepy. I was tired. Yeah. I, I was really Whack. tired. I really yeah. was. Well, I told you, I did have the stomach problems, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I am they... going to the doctor next month to get all this squared away. So. You know, we'll you're not going to croak or anything, are you? No, nah, I got tests back on the lungs and everything. Oh, you're good, good to, to go, go you man. Live at least another four years, then, right? Yeah, yeah. And sign another contract. Yeah, one more contract with the fakepigskin.com. <laughs> for, you got Briggs for four more years, and like it or not. So start practicing now. While we're on this, Rick, and we'll get. I know you have another story you want to do, but I think this loosely ties into what you do. I'm introducing a new segment here. It might not okay. be every week, but as you know, Rick, and I make no secret to anybody in my personal life and on this air, I don't pay attention to the news. I find the whole thing 
theater. I, I don't even consider what's going on in the in the world real right now. It, especially so, this time of year. If it doesn't pertain to fantasy right. football, like really, who cares? But I did want to talk about this. We we all <laughs> we know, are narrow minded, right? We all know all that mess that went on down in Charlottesville at the University of Virginia and and what that has spawned. And I'm not going to get into discussion or a debate with that. Don't tweet me about it. Don't email me about it. But something that came out of it, and I'm sure you've all heard it, but here's this new segment. Here's what I have to, as I consider myself a a political and news outsider, I find myself asking myself this question a lot. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Explain to me what has happened in the world, Rick, where ESPN play-by-play announcer Robert Lee... Yeah. I add yeah. parenthetically an Asian American. Normally doesn't matter, but I think it's germane to this story, right? ESPN play-by-play announcer Robert Lee has been reassigned from his week one call of the James Madison at Virginia college football mm-hmm. game, coincidentally reassigned to the Youngstown State at Pitt game, which I will be attending as a season ticket holder. Again, just parenthetically, has absolutely nothing to do with this story because he's – ESPN fears that, again, the Asian, I put that in all capital letters, announcer's name could be a triggering issue in lights of recent, of, of recent events in Charlottesville. Rick, what? I'm going to hit it again. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? <laughs> and what if they hadn't a clean house on the set with Boomer and them and you had Thomas Jackson, quotation mark, <laughs> Stonewall, yeah. Who was an African American linebacker, right? For years and years on ESPN, what, are you going to take him off too? I, explain this to me. What? How? Why? I don't. I get. Look, I'm not getting into the debate about the statues. I don't care about you know. That's just in my opinion here. It here, doesn't I'm matter. Sh- I don't even I'm have shout an opinion. Dumb I am. Statues are just things birds crap on and homeless people sleep on, right? Obviously, these things now all the. I don't know why now all of a sudden I don't care. Now all of a sudden, these are are flashpoints. These are trigger points for certain people on different ends of the spectrum, and it, it's become an issue. But a guy, an announcer, first of all, when you go to a game, do you know who's calling that game on TV if it's not Sunday night football or Monday night football? No. no. You have no freaking clue because you're in the building. How in the world could ESPN look at this and say this could be a problem? And then go as far as to let it be known, almost wanting pats on the back for doing it and creating this fer- fervor. Did you know before they announced this who was announcing the James Madison or Virginia game? I didn't even know they were playing. Bingo. What, what are you thinking? This is a problem with ESPN, and this, I think, will be the ultimate downfall of ESPN. Sports isn't enough for them anymore. They want to be part of the social consciousness. They want to be part of the regular news cycle, and they keep doing nonsense like this. It, it's just insane, and I wish Mr. Robert Lee, not Robert E. Lee, it's the, the other kind of Lee, right, <laughs> he would would step up and, and sue them for some sort of discrimination. I guess they gave him another game so you could But this thing is just absurd, and I, I can't deal with ESPN anymore. No, I agree 100%. And, um, you know, you talk about – they want to be part of the social consciousness. Yeah, maybe of one side. I mean, you're it supposed to be showing way. sports. Right. And, I mean, you know, and, and, and this isn't taking sides at all, but let's face it, you go from far-left liberals to far-right conservatives, they all watch sports. Yeah, we all watch and, football. And, you know, if you're a Raider fan, you know, I bet you what, as a Steeler fan, 
I have been best buddies, you know, with someone totally opposite of me against the Raiders. Yeah, or, for three hours a week, you have yeah. something so much in common that it takes away from this other right. stuff. Right, exactly. So stop trying to cram it into where I go to hide from this job. This is our release. Yes. This is our out. Leave Leave me alone. That's exactly. what I said. Exactly. All right, Rick, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that's all right. But, hey, um, you know, while we were on the subject of the Hall of Fame before you got sidetracked, um, the Pro Football Hall of Fame has officially had its first two finalists for the class of 2018, and it's the Seniors Committee. They've announced on Thursday that former Packers offensive lineman Jerry Kramer and former Oiler linebacker Robert Brazil have both been named finalists for the induction. Now, without reading the entire article, <clears throat> I'm just going to give you some brief stats um, Jerry Kramer became eligible in 1973. Wow, okay. Okay. Since then, he has been named a finalist a total of 10 times, and he hasn't made it, okay? Now, this is a guy that's played 11 years playing guard for, for the Green Bay Packers. He won five titles with the Packers. He's a uh, first-team All-Pro five times, and – this guy, I'm going to hand you this picture. I know, the, I know, this is audio, but you know. All right, I'll well, look. What at the is picture. that? I'm showing you a picture. What is that? It looks like. Uh, and I had that. Looks like an offensive lineman uh, bursting through the. This is a cover of. You have to read it. Oh, I, oh I I, I'm sorry. You I don't just looked read. at the picture. You don't. Oh, so you didn't tell me I had to read. Yeah. I, I'm out. <laughs> Jerry Kramer's instant replay. This is a, this is the exciting strategy football game. For pro watchers of all ages, I had this game when I was 12 years old. What was it like? It was a. It was. It's still a classic. In fact, I looked it up on um, Amazon. You can get it for like 30 bucks now. Okay. Um, just like a strategy football game, you pick plays, you know, and then was the other like guy a dice roll, and or the other guy picked defense. It's been so long, I don't okay. remember exactly. Okay. I can't remember if you rolled dice or if there was a cross-reference chart. I can't remember what it was, but it was a board game. And my brother and I used to play this thing for hours. I mean, it was a great game. This guy had a freaking game named after him. Okay, you know, they talk about punters and kickers. Right. And this is an offensive lineman that won five times. Yeah, he was on the, you know, he was on the, the uh, Vince Lombardi Packer team. They won five titles. He was a five-time All-Pro. You know what? But they didn't have Bart Starr instant replay football. This, right. this is Jerry Kramer. This guy should have been in 25 years ago. I often and for the Hall of Fame, I'm not done ranting oh, yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay? Go ahead. For the Hall of Fame, you know, get your you know what out of your you know what, <laughs> and get this guy in there. I mean, simple as that. Yeah, no disrespect to Robert Brazil, he belongs too. I remember him well playing for the Oilers. But, I mean, Jerry Kramer, it's just a slam dunk no-brainer. I don't care what anybody says. I never understood how these guys, some of these guys absolutely fell through the cracks. And I think, Rick, it's going to be a bigger issue as we go forward. We talked about, I think on the air, if not certainly behind the scenes when we were over there, how LaDainian Tomlinson getting in was sort of the – he was the first guy of the fantasy football boom getting in. And now you're going to see more and more of the – maybe Marvin Harrison the year before that, you could argue. But LaDainian Tomlinson yeah. really is the face of fantasy football for me when, when I got in and it really took off. 
But as you see these numbers, guys, these offensive guys, and more and more of those guys becoming eligible, you know, you've got T.O. eligible now. you got all these fans. Moss, Moss coming in, yeah. eligible. All these big numbers, offensive players. It's going to be harder and harder for offensive linemen, for defensive linemen. You know, I think your corners are still going to get into your linebackers because they, they still make splash plays even outside of a fantasy context. But it's going to be harder and harder. I think about it in a conversation we had with Kenny Easley, and I swear to God, I promise you guys, you're going to hear all this soon. I've almost got it all put together. I actually had to put him in a hammer lock to get the yeah. L. Michaels thing loaded up it, so we could get it out It's there. all on there. It's all cut down. It just needs to be put together into something usable for you. I promise it's coming soon. But conversations we had with Kenny Easley, Rick, and if you look at it and buy the numbers, and he's not afraid to tell you, which is why I liked him. Here's why I yeah. gravitated to him right away. I was the best safety of my generation. And you look at these Seattle teams now with Richard Sherman, you know, these guys are right. the best of their generation. He says, I, I can't believe if he used the word benchmark or a word similar to that, that I was that guy in my generation. I feel like, and obviously I, I know nothing about Mr. Kramer just based on the, right. the time that's passed, but from what you read and what you see, he was sort of the guy at his position in his era. How the hell was it 2017 and he's still Still not in. Exactly. How the hell was it until 2017 that Kenny Easley got in? And there's there's these guys every year, Claude Humphrey the first, right. the, who were the face of that position the year they played. I think and it's going to continue I'll to get worse and worse. I'll tell you one reason why, Rick. I agree with 100%. One reason why is because the people that remember these guys are getting less and less and less. True. Because they're they're retiring, they're dying, they're not voting anymore, whatever the case may be. And Claude Humphrey was a great example. It was um, who was it? Kenny Lofton was introducing him at, at the Gold Jacket dinner or whatever when we were there. He says I didn't even know about Claude Humphrey until I was prepping for this induction. I was watching films of him. He was a bad man. <laughs> yes, he was. Right. I mean, I remember Claude Humphrey extremely well playing for the Falcons. I mean, he was a bad man. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. So, you, you, and you just wonder as the voters get younger. As right. offense is more and more prevalent over the last 10 years, and from every indication is going to continue to get that way because I think even for the right reasons for the right. the emphasis on safety we have now, that's going to benefit offenses. Sure. These guys are going to get left in the dust. You know, we talk about Alan Fanica being he's sort of the next – guy I grew up watching. Remember how geek, yep. geeked out I was when Jerome Bettis got in? We got to hang out with him a little bit. Alan Fanick is sort of that next guy. I hope he gets in soon because if he doesn't, he's going to be in this boat, right? He's right. going to be in in this very boat where here's an offensive lineman, a really good offensive lineman, but but come on, Peyton Manning's eligible. Come on, this run receiver's eligible. Come on, this running back's eligible. These guys are going to get left in the dust. You just wonder with, you know, from the time if he was eligible in the 70s, you said how he how he fell this this long it, it makes you wonder i understand it now but what happened between about 70 and 95 right right yeah i i agree i mean it, it's total he's been he's been up there um a finalist 10 times and, and let's face it um brazil the same way he's been a finalist 10 times as well now, and still not in and he's a guy that's been an all pro seven times at his position yeah. Now, I'd say probably probably this year for your boy, right, because you see these campaigns start to work up, and there's been a strong campaign for Kramer to get in. Yeah. 
I think you can see the pressure got him to this point of the, the senior ballot. I have a feeling this is the year. They, these things have a way of working themselves. I think it, it's funny. You're going to see it more and more. And you can't put it on the Hall of Fame. They're not voting, right? They have no right. say on who gets in. I think maybe that's the process that needs to change. I don't know who you let vote. I don't think the sports writers are right to be voting. You know, or else Terrell Owens should be in right now. Not that here we go right back to offensive players. I don't like keeping guys out because they were bad guys. Because if the media votes and a guy was a jerk to the media, he waits if he doesn't if he gets in at all. That's crap. Right. He he wanted nothing to do with you. Maybe he was a little churlish. Maybe he was a creep. Right. But come on, look at him. The guy belongs in. And because he didn't give you the access you wanted, you're going to hold something like this up. So I don't know who it is. If the Hall of Fame should create a committee, I don't know what it is and who would be on that committee. I don't like the I don't like the media vote. Well, if they this. do do that, you know, we will certainly volunteer. Oh, we'll, we'll hang yeah. up the show and we'll vote. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll you know, shut we'll, it down. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll do it. Right, we'll record it, the conversation. Well, that would right? be good. Yeah, the fighting and me going, who's that? And you getting all mad. Yeah, yeah. that's always a good bit. I like that. Yeah, no doubt. All right, you want to go to the mailbag? Yeah, let's or? wrap it up. It's been a long show here. Let's uh, hit the mailbag. It's been light on. Well, not light on fantasy. About fifty-fifty. If you're new to the show, if this show does make its way to fake pigskin, I hope you like this because this is what it is. It kind of bounces around a little bit, and I like it that. We way. try to provide variety, and we're kind of spacey anyway. So yeah. that just kind of not real smart. No. So I mean that kind of translates to variety because we can't keep a coherent thought for longer True. than 15 20 True. seconds it's a bird yeah woo. <laughs> all right we have a keeper conundrum Ooh, okay I like it. we can solve that easily we are drafting saturday Ooh, all right half point ppr should i keep isaiah crowell sammy watkins or russell wilson we can only keep one player each year and i think he mentioned that because you know Trying to let us know that they're only keeping one player per right. team, so, so I don't got to. I don't have basically to basically one round's gone. Yeah, and I don't have to look at the long term prospects right. of yeah. somebody. For me, Rick, this is just about a no brainer for me being Isaiah Crowell. Me too. I think if there's one guy who steps up, I, you all, oh, God, I feel so stupid saying this because it never works out. But I feel like Cleveland's heading in the right direction. And as bad as Cleveland was last year, he put up over 1,000 total yards. It was kind of inconsistent. You know, our boy Bob Lung, <laughs> I don't think, would be siced for him, for Crowell, because yeah. the numbers were sort of up and down. But he has the potential to put that up there. There seems to be with Hugh Jackson at least talk of we haven't got him on the field at the same time in the preseason. It looks like Crowell's back. I'm hoping we can see that this weekend. The possibility, there's been all that talk about getting them both on the field at the same time, which I think would increase Crowell's carries. I think the offense is going to be better. I think you got a healthy Coleman. You have a healthy – you got a Kenny Britt in town. I, I don't like losing Garcon, but you have some talent. you got the rookie tight end. I think they're going to have the ability to move the ball a little bit. And even prior. A, or prior, what I say? Garcon. Garcon. Yeah. Well, because Garcon left Washington. See, I got to go back yeah. through and see how my mind, mm, yeah. how my mind made that. See what mess. we mean, new <laughs> listeners. Okay. I get confused. But look, I don't like the Sammy Watkins situation. the The offensive line in LA is bad, which doesn't. However, Jared Goff has actually been turning some heads, which right. is encouraging that he's not just going. His value is not going to tank in L.A., but to me, I still think it's no-brainer with Crowell. Yeah, the bottom line is you can get a better receiver than Sammy Watkins 
if you keep Crowell. You're still going to end up ahead of Sammy Watkins. And unless nine guys keep quarterbacks, I don't know what yeah, your scoring is, but you're going to do better than Russell Wilson well, they, as well. Well, if they keep quarterbacks, you'll still get Wilson back anyway because they won't need a quarterback. But so. I think Crowell would be the one candidate for the guy outside of the top ten right now who could finish in the top ten of fantasy running backs this year. Okay. This is a simple question here. Ty Montgomery or Todd Gurley? If we had more time, that was my next question for Corey. I wanted to get his thoughts on Gurley. Rick, that's the one guy we're going to do a segment. We wanted to do it this week. We're going to push it to next week. Great fantasy mysteries. And he, he's the first mystery, so this will be the preview of it. I can't put my finger on Todd Gurley and what, what he's going to be. I just don't believe in that offensive line in L.A. I don't think – maybe Goff surprises us. We have gotten good reports about him. If Goff can step up significantly, it might open up some lanes. After having said all that, Rick, I think I'm still going to go. I think I'm still going Todd Gurley. I don't know if that's Montgomery's job the whole year. He's been nicked up. Looks like he's just getting back. I just have a feeling, Feeling, you know, Williams gets some looks. You know, there, there's other guys there, true running backs, and there's going to be things you can do with a Montgomery. I don't just see them turn around and hand him the ball 15, 18, 20, 22 times a game. I, still, I don't feel good about it, but I still have to go with Todd Gurley there. I will too. I, I think L.A. is at least making some improvements offensively, the whole scheme. The offensive line's a little better, um, and, and Goff's better. I mean, if Goff is better, then obviously the offense is going to be better. But it's going to – you have a playmaker in Sammy Watkins. They developed some chemistry. Goff shows that he can hit him. Now you are demonstrating you can move the ball downfield, which is something they couldn't do last year. Hence, Todd's girl is going to get some more room to run. So right. I, I don't feel good about it like you do, but I'm still taking Gurley because I think um, it goes back to our volume yeah. as, as well. And as August has gone on, Rick, Gurley's come back a little bit, you know, not, not necessarily a value at his ADP of 10. That's come down a little bit, but I think it's been fairly steady there. But now you're looking at him as the sixth pick of the second round. If you want Ty Montgomery, you're looking at the second pick of the fourth round. I think there's a much wider talent gap, whether the results bear it out. There's a much wider talent gap between Gurley and Montgomery as there is a gap there based on the ADP, right? I feel like you're going to – while that may be a high price for the floor that Gurley may have, that, that's a lot of – that's not a a lot of room turning around for Ty Montgomery. I think the value just if you know if Montgomery's going in about the six where I feel like it belongs, this answer is probably Ty Montgomery. But being the you know what is he the seventeenth overall? That's a mid level RB two. I think that that could be trouble. That could be big trouble. I am torn on what to do at quarterback. I don't ever take a high pick on one, so I am targeting either. And you'll love this. Rivers, Eli, or Stafford? What do you think? Oh, man. Well, I know what you think. All right. I'm going to go the other way, so this guy's not going to get a a solid answer. Right now, and and people mock me, and that's fine. I'm used to it. I spent most of my life dealing with that. I've got Eli Manning at 10 if not inside the top 10, depending on how things shake out over the next couple weeks. He's got so many weapons around him right now. He's got no running game whatsoever. He's going to throw the ball 40, 45 times a game. 
if Odell Beckham's healthy, you bring in Brandon Marshall. Sterling Shepard looks good. You got the rookie tight end Ingram. They have got the weapons to fling that ball around. You got Vereen still still hanging around. I like everything that Phil Rivers should be, and you talked about that with Corey earlier, but there was the big magic if you had to throw in there, right? If everybody stays healthy. It just doesn't happen for the Chargers. Maybe the move to L.A. will be better for them physically. I don't know. I'm I'm going to go with Eli Manning here. He He's my guy there. And you can get him a little bit cheaper, a little bit cheaper. You know, to me it's very close with Rivers and Eli, and I think Corey would probably be arguing with us the way he uh, – you know, bought, has bought into Stafford over, over the yeah. course of this year in the draft. So, I mean, uh, you know, to the to the writer of this question, you can make a case for any of these guys. Um, the weapons on on the Chargers, if they stay healthy, I I kind of like Rivers. He's he's got a ton of them. Plus, he has a running game, and to me, a running game helps a passing game it does it does you know just because you're going to throw 50 times a game doesn't mean you're going to complete a mess i mean you're not going to be throwing picks which is one reason why i kind of like rivers if those guys stay healthy but we all know that keenan allen is glass um travis benjamin is slight a build and you just not real sure what you might get out of him i can go with eli i could go with stafford but if i had to pick right now with Beckham tweaked a little bit and and the Chargers not. I'm going Rivers, Eli, real close, and Stafford. Third. Yeah, my my one pushback on that would be, you know, I'm I'm probably leaning too heavily on ADP right now. If you have them as close as I do, and I you may not have them as close, but I feel like you have them close. And he said in his question, he likes to wait. Uh huh. You know, Phil's going to cost you the top of the 10th round. Eli, you can get him at the top of the 12th. So if you want to wait, I think you're getting comparable value there. I'm not sure there's a big wide enough gap between them to pick Phil Rivers two picks higher. So maybe um, and I know this is probably a guy's home league in these ADPs. You know, when we when we're driving the K-Man League tomorrow, you can take these ADPs and ball them up and throw them out. Exactly. After about the seventh pick, you don't know what the hell's going to happen, right? So maybe that's not as relevant to, to this league or to this discussion. But that's one more reason. I can get Eli just a little bit two rounds cheaper feels like a discount based on if you put them on the same tier like I do. Get your little pencil out. Oh, boy. All right. Which hand do I hold it in? We have a trade question. Okay. I am in a PPR keeper league. We are allowed a pre-draft trade. Good. That's the way they should be. I have kept Mike Evans, and I am the eighth pick. I am offered a trade of the number two pick, and his keeper is Melvin Gordon. Okay. So we're looking at – see, what he doesn't – all right, so it's a keeper league, so that number two pick isn't going to be Le'Veon Bell, right? There's no chance. That number two pick isn't going to be David Johnson. It isn't going to be Brown, Antonio probably Brown, not. Odell, Odell Beckham. So, so if you can get Melvin Gordon and move up six spots, based on the ADP, this is a really, really fair trade, right? Yeah. You said PPR? Yes. Mike Evans. I'll, I'll stick with Mike Evans and take the In eighth the eighth pick. slot. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll do that. 
I got Mike Evans, so then I'm It would picking. be nice to know who was available. Right. He, he may not know, depending on how Yeah, that's true, too. Up. I mean, and they could trade. I mean, if it's pre-draft, it, it would change. Because at but, first blush, I'm thinking, oh, hell, you're going to get Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon make the deal. But that's yeah. not going to happen no. as you think about it. So right now, as we talked about early in the show, I think I got Mike Evans as my number two wide receiver. So I get the number two wide receiver in the eighth overall pick. While I like Gordon – and it's nice to get that number two pick. I don't think it supersedes what I think Mike Evans' potential is. Yeah, unless I knew, like, say, I'm just trying to think, maybe Julio Jones is out there available. I mean, there's going to have to be two super studs because somebody's going to get the number one pick, obviously. And it's right. going to have to be like a Julio Jones mm-hmm. Maybe A.J. Green, I could go there if I've got Melvin Gordon. Yeah, because he's going to be better than whatever running back you're going to get in the eighth pick of a keeper. Right. And But, yeah, I, I'm with you. I really like Evans going into this year. I think Tampa offensively is loaded for Bear. And they're in a division that loves to score points because there's not much defense. Right. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go with you and stick with Mike Evans. Okay. Ah, uh, I am in a 12-team standard league. Okay. I am picking number four. Just assuming the first four go Johnson, Bell, Brown. Or the, the first, first three, three, excuse yeah. me, go Johnson, Bell, Brown. I am targeting Julio, Shady, or Beckham. Who would you go with? Can I say Mike Evans? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, this guy's targeting these three guys, so apparently his gut says um, yeah. something else. So if I have to pick that, he wants to know between Julio, Shady, and Odell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might go Julio there. I think I would. But I got Mike Evans above both of those guys. Julio's a chunk yardage kind of guy, which benefits you in a standard. Odell, I mean, he should be the lockdown. I shouldn't really, if just a chance that he misses week one, I shouldn't be downgrading him. I just worry about that high ankle sprain. I don't think there's much of any separation between Julio and Odell. I worry about Shady for this reason and this reason only. If if we sort of were down one or two more picks and he was the obvious, I, I'm not telling you to shy away from him. There was those trade rumors floating out there earlier this week, Rick. They've been widely discredited. That whole thing in Buffalo is a mess all of a sudden, right? You know, they run Sammy Watkins out of town. There's discord with Tyrod Taylor. Right. That whole thing's a mess. I'm kind of afraid to mess with Buffalo right now. And as I close really as they am. were last year, it's it's really baffling well, to me. They're they're just blowing it up for the. You know, you you've got once again you got a new a new guard in there, and I think somebody's finally saying we're just tearing this thing down to the studs. And we're going to rebuild it our way. So for that reason, I'm not again. I'm not telling you to shy away from Shady McCoy. But if I got the choice of all those receivers ahead of him in a standard, I'm still going to go ahead and roll with. So for this, I'll say Julio. If you're a big Beckham fan, fine. I'm going to recommend you take Mike Evans over both of them. But to answer this question alone, I say Julio. I think I will too. Now this poor gentleman. Or gal, I don't, I don't know. It's likely a gentleman. Yeah, I got a feeling he's not going to get a lot of satisfaction. I've, I've already read the question. Okay. Time. I think I know when to go after the top tight ends in my league, save for Gronk. 
So I'm targeting a couple of Tier 1 guys. I'm torn on Olsen and Jordan Reed. What do you guys think? So you think I'm going to go Jordan Reed? Well, as much as you, you know, right. have this crush on him. I do. I got guy love for to him. To me, I've got... Let's go! It's guy love. <laughs> I won't play the whole thing, but... Hey, I yeah. mean, you can play that for me for Greg Olsen, too. For, yeah, it's true. For all the different reasons, I like... Not, not that he's not really productive, but he plays. Yeah, he's on the field. On the field. He's steady as a rock. Exactly. You know, let, let, let's do it again. You know, you look at ADP, they're only four picks apart. Right. If that's the case, if your draft is going that way and assuming Travis Kelsey's gone, I'm, if they're both sitting there, I, I think I'm going to tell you to take Greg Olson. Here's the thing. The ceiling, the ceiling is much, much higher on Jordan Reed. But if you're paying that high price tag. The floor tag, is lower, too. Right. You're paying that high price tag on a tight end. You can't take the risk, right? You can't take risk. If you spend a fourth or fifth round pick on this guy, he's got to hit. He's got to play like a wide receiver two almost, right? Maybe even a low-end wide receiver one. So the risk is just there. Now, I, I am madly in love with I'd like to spend the night in a sleeping bag with Jordan Reed. I readily admit that. <laughs> but I've been getting him I've been getting him at a discount for, for all these concerns, and he was dealing with that toe. I own him in every league I've been in, in the Scott Fish Bowl, I, all the MFL 10s. I own him in the draft with Giants. But I was getting him on about a two- or three-round discount. If things are going in your home league like they should, both are sitting there still in the fifth, sixth round, I think Greg Greg Olson's a safer play. I do, too. I really do. Okay, here we go here. Let's see. With the quarterback play in Jacksonville, I am really starting to sour on Allen Robinson. I don't look like you're the only one. Would you guys take Allen Robinson over Terrell Pryor? Oh, okay. Is there more? Yeah. Or am I just answering? Skip one. Pass. This and this is PPR. Okay. Okay. Just let you know. Golden Tate. Yes. And finally, Ty Williams. Ty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, so Pryor's the only one. Am I crazy to be a little bit nervous about Pryor? Some about that whole Washington thing doesn't feel very good to me. Now Pryor's a freak talent. But but they have a don't guys like I think Cousins is a real deal. Quite yeah, he, frankly, he is. He is. Guys like maybe I'm stuck on the history of Washington, where where players like Terrell Pryor get the big money and show up in Washington, and it's just over. It's just an abject failure. I think this Henny thing we talked about it earlier. Corey Corey talked about it a little bit. He does, Alan Robinson doesn't get back to 2015 form, but I think he bounces back. And he's just a better wide receiver than Terrell Pryor, right? I mean, Pryor's fun to watch. He's an exciting guy. I think the ceiling's higher on Alan Robinson. So if I'm stuck with those four guys, I, I think Alan Robinson's my pick over all of them. I think I'm going to have to agree with you. I do like Terrell Pryor. I think, uh, but you know, I, I go back to what I was talking about. If you have a running game, I think it takes pressure off a guy like Chad Henney especially. Right. And if you're back, if they're concentrating on trying to stop this pounding run that Jacksonville is going to try to establish, I think it just helps out Robinson. And I think I'm going to gamble with him. 
Okay. I have Gronk and Ben. I also have Edelman. Got your little pencil? Okay, I got it. A ligmate has Brady and Martavis Bryant. It is PPR. He wants to trade me Bryant and Demarius Thomas for Gronk and Edelman. Should I? This guy's trying to get the whole Brady offense on his team. Yeah, so he's trying to – so wait, he wants Gronk and Edelman for – Martavis Bryant and Demarius Thomas. Not not even close. Wouldn't even consider it. I wouldn't either. I think Gronk and Edelman are better than Bryant and Thomas, number one. But number two, I will tell you this, Antonio Brown owners. I'm not averse to the QB wide receiver hookup in a lot of places. I will never do it with Ben Roethlisberger. I will never do it. He's going to miss a minimum of four games. Write it down right now. He's going to miss time. When he misses time, everybody struggles because there is nobody that's even a reasonable facsimile of an NFL quarterback behind him on that Steelers roster. So everybody suffers. So if you have that hookup even with Antonio Brown, you go from Roethlisberger on the good on a warm weather day in Heinz Field throwing for 325 and four touchdowns and Antonio Brown having 12 for 140 and two touchdowns to Ben's out obviously you're paying your backup quarterback and Antonio Brown will still have eight catches will be for 65 yards and maybe a touchdown I do not want to hook up and Martavis Bryant with that it's even worse so stay away from this as far as you can I like the guy I, trying to get the whole New England I, trifecta I like that and I don't know how much experience the guy writing the question has but another thing to bear in mind, when you're making a trade in fantasy football, you want to make a trade that benefits you. <laughs> you think? No. What I'm trying to get at is, do you really want to play, other than on the bye week, a guy that has Brady, Gronk, and Edelman yeah. <laughs> in a PPR league? <laughs> I mean, you are helping this guy immensely. Yeah, that's a disaster. That is not a trade for you to make, no. even if it was equitable, which it's not no, in no. my mind. Even if it was equitable, you don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Yeah, I'll turn down a trade that will make me better if it makes the other guy better, too. A lot better. <laughs> I really will. All right. Just a little food for thought there, rookies. I have – oh, excuse me. I already read that one. Second pick in my draft, PPR. Do I stick with Bell or go Antonio Brown or someone else? I worry about Bell holding out till September. I worry. Legitimate question. It is. I worry about it, but you still gotta. You still have to take Levy on there. the The distance between him and the next running back could be so much greater than the distance between Antonio Brown and the next wide receiver. Antonio Brown will be steady. He'll be above steady. He'll, he'll be fantastic. But when Le'Veon's right, and, and it may only be for 10 games, but you almost have to take the risk, when Le'Veon's right, when Le'Veon's right, he should be the number one overall pick. He's better than David Johnson, quite frankly, with everything he does. So it, it makes you nervous. I'm going to be in this exact same situation, a scant 24 hours from right now, Rick, and I'm going to grit my teeth, and I'm not going to feel great about it, but I'm going to take Le'Veon Bell with that pick. Me too. Okay, this is a real easy one. Short, sweet, and I think it's easy. Fournette or McCaffrey? McCaffrey. Yep. I, I wasn't buying it. I'm, I'm buying into the hype, number one. 
with McCaffrey. I'm real nervous about Fournette, Rick. I, I'm not, I'm not going to own any Fournette. I'm really not, unless he falls the fourth, fifth round, like in Corey's draft. But he's not going to do that in your home league. It's not going to happen. No, it won't. Another short and sweet one here. Doug Martin, buying or selling? All reports are he looks good. I'm, I'm, we talked about it last week, I believe, that what what was up with the offensive coordinator and, and the head coach, quite frankly, coming out and saying nothing's a guarantee for Doug Martin when he comes back. I, the more and more I see, the more and more I hear, I think that was just a motivational technique. I think he comes back and is the Doug Martin we're used to seeing. Now, what I wonder, and that's that's where, I guess, you know, buying, selling, I'm not sure exactly what he means. He's going to be your all-or-nothing feast or famine guy. But I think if it goes well for Quiz for the first three games, you could see a little more of a split there. But I'm not going to avoid Doug Martin. I'm not going to overpay for him. He's not going to come back and perform as a number one running back, but he could come back and be a mid-level number two with his weekly numbers, I think, is where I'm buying him at. And I don't think you're going to see Quiz out of the picture no, any, no, any longer. No. I mean, this kid's playing good. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago. Um, this is one of these kind of guys you'd love to have on your team. Yeah. Plug him in at the flex, buy situations, injury, you know, uh, fill-ins, because he's going to get plenty of work. And and as far as Martin, I tell you what, I'm still on the fence with this guy. Uh, I'm like you. I'll buy him at the right price, but what that right price is right now, I'm not sure yet. Yeah, I think they're loaded for bear on offense, so it kind of jacks it up a little bit. But I don't see much higher than fourth round. Oh, I just no, can't. No, no, I'm trying to see, look up his ADP currently because well, his has moved wildly. Well, yeah, it's everywhere. So currently, we're looking at him at. Uh, See, running back 24, eighth pick of the fifth round. I don't necessarily hate the eighth pick of the first round. I don't know about him fifth round, with yeah. the three-game suspension being a, Oh, that's right. Three-game suspension certainly puts him down Being farther, an right. RB2 for me, you know. He would be more of a seventh, eighth-round guy. If he's still around in yeah, the seventh, yeah. I think I'd make that move. I'm, I'm not even paying that low fifth-round price tag on him. I'll, I'll take uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with CJ Anderson, Belial Powell, those guys over him. Yeah, I agree. That, that that suspension just blew out of my head there. I forgot about it. It certainly puts him down another round or two anyway. Right. Okay, we have drafted. This is the email. Oh, we have drafted. Too early, you fool. Yeah, definitely. You know, move it up closer to September as you can do it. Shame on you. I have at wide receiver Beckham, Fitzgerald, Jamison Crowder, Okay, I'll read them again if you're I'm with writing. You. I'm with you. Okay, Tyreek Hill and Tajay Sharp. My tight end is Greg Olson. I have a trade offer of. <laughs> I love it. Blow it up already. Yeah. Still two weeks in the regular season. <laughs> yeah. Let's blow it up. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I love fantasy guys. I love it. <laughs> it is. It is just awesome. We got a couple guys like that in our league, man, before we even walk out of the room on draft day. We're putting moves together. Okay. So you got everybody yeah, down. I'm this with guy, you. I'm going to read it one more time since we babble. At wide receiver, I have Beckham Fitzgerald. Crowder, Tyreek Hill, and Tajay Sharp. My tight end is Greg Olson. I have a trade offer of Brandon Marshall and Eric Ebron 
for Olsen and Tyreek Hill? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Ebron is such a dip from Olsen, right? Oh, yeah. Best, best case scenario. They're going to get their fantasy points in very different ways, Rick. This may not be popular with you. Very best scenario, I think Marshall and and Hill end up even, even though they get it different ways. I think the sky's the limit for Hill with the lack of weapons there in Kansas City, Rick. I think there is no part about that trade that bodes well for our friend here, none whatsoever. I tend to agree with you. I love Brandon Marshall, but he's not in the situation any longer where he's that dominant number one. I think he's going to have decent numbers, don't get me wrong, and and maybe even slightly better than Hill. Maybe not. Maybe slightly under. But either way, you can call them even like you do. Now you're comparing Ebron with Olsen. And quite frankly, there's no comparison. None whatsoever. None. People don't want to quit Ebron. And I I was an Ebron guy early on. I know. I've moved on. People don't want to quit him, man. I know. He he just looks like the guy, right? He passes. We talk about the eye test Think about it. Think about it. I think it's it's a Detroit thing. (laughs) You're probably right. They don't quit on Stafford. They don't quit on Abdullah. Or whoever's the running back there. Yeah, people they, still love an Abdullah. Yeah, they don't quit on on Ebron, like you said. Um, they don't quit on whoever the number two receiver happens to be. <laughs> Even when they're in the prison, year. we're still making the argument for yeah. them while they're out knocking over liquor it, stores. It's <laughs> weird about Lions because they're so wildly inconsistent. Right. And I just don't get it. I mean, look, Stafford, to me... He's a nice guy to have on my bench if my starting quarterback gets hurt for an extended period of time. Right. I don't feel like I'm going to die. No. But no. I don't want to target this guy as my number one on my fantasy team to carry me through the year. Right. He's he's a four thousand forty two hundred yard guy. You know, or what about that 5,000? He had one year. I do say that sometimes. Yes, I know you do. That's why you gave me that sideways <laughs> glance when you did that mocking. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you if you got something to say, Rick, you can just say it. You well, you're an oaf. <laughs> when are the two of you going to grow up? I mean, this shtick was cute for a while, but it's gotten stale. <laughs> sorry, okay, Mom, you're sorry, right. you're right. Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> In a standard format, would you take Todd Gurley, Isaiah Crowell, or Carlos Hyde. This is Crowell for me, Rick. Oh, me too. I don't. I don't it's not even close like for we me. We said this about week eight of last year. <laughs> We'd have been mocked, but I, I think yeah, it, it's Crowell pretty easily. You know, I own stock in, in you Crowell, Crowell last year. I love this guy. Now, to yeah. me, he was kind of like um, he was our last year. He was our Melvin Gordon of the year before. Right. The guy's running hard. He's looking good. Just a bad team. I tell you what. We could be totally wrong, but Cleveland's making a lot of good moves. It They're, looks like it, They right? look like it, exactly. And if this thing comes to fruition where they may be lining Duke Johnson up in the slot to go along with, you know, let's, let's face it, they don't have the greatest core in the world. They don't have the greatest quarterback in the world. You keep an extra weapon on the field in Duke Johnson, it only helps Crowell. Right. Yeah, of course, it boosts Johnson's stock as well because they're the two best playmakers on that team. Why wouldn't you want to keep him on the field? I think he by far has the highest ceiling of that oh, list you read, right? I think I mean, so. Gurley, there's so many question marks. Who was the third one? Um, but, 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 but Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I like 
<laughs> See, I really like Hyde, too, but Crowell's got the higher ceiling, I think. Yeah, we talk about Hyde, and then all of a sudden, well, he may be cut. I, I don't and see And now it. he's having his great camp, and yeah. I, I got Williams in the 19th round of the draft, which I'd say how much that, that's wavered. You know, probably more injury concern with Hyde, probably, but I just really think the ceiling's you know, 8, 9, or 10 for Crowell this year. I really do. I really like the kid. I do, too. And and he's young. both him and Johnson are young. I think right. I think it's a pretty good future that they got going. I think we have time for one more. All right, let's do one more. And it's the old. I tell you what, I've seen this question a gazillion times. We've hit it before. Winston or Mariota? It, it, I'll, <laughs> I'll take this one, Rick. Put him in a hat. Pull one out, yeah. and say, okay, I'll take Winston. Do it again. Okay, I'll take Mariota. Because I don't think they're going to be that big of difference if i had to you put a gun to my head and said okay you have to pick one i think right now i think i'm taking winston today i'm gonna to go the opposite with you but i agree they're they're right there neck and neck probably eight nine nine ten somewhere in there my tiebreaker is going to be and we saw it in the in the buccaneers second preseason game where he's, he ended up actually being called down by contact. I still don't agree he was. But Winston just flings the ball up in the air. He's still accident-prone. He's still a little re- reckless. I heard on Hard Knocks, you can tell I've been watching this a lot, right? Yeah. But John Gruden in talk, was talking with him. I think they were in like a pre-production meeting. It was a Monday night football on Thursday or something. One of them weird things they do in the preseason. That That's not really relevant. But sort of comparing him to Brett Favre where he'll drive you mad. You'll drive, you know, and he'll right. he told Jameis Winston, you'll drive a coach insane because sometimes you'll do things things that are just completely reckless but at the end of the day you find ways to win games you rally the team you make the good the impossible throws one thing Mariota doesn't do is turn the ball over right we, we had a stat a, a few shows back where he didn't turn the ball over in the red zone or, or something like that I can't remember exactly what it is I think they're on the same trajectory I think Mariota is probably the safer play right you know if you're looking for the home run maybe Mariota but, or maybe Winston, I mean. But I think Mariota's a safer play. He's a little more dynamic running the ball. I think I, I think Mariota probably has the higher ceiling. Not by much. So I agree with you, flip a coin, you're a winner either way type of deal. But I'd probably take Mariota there. Okay. And that wraps it up. And we thank you for joining us. And uh, we hope our ramblings didn't uh, bore you too bad. If you're drooling over yourself, get over it. Um we will be back next week. And uh, I kind of like that. What is that? Right no, what is that? Yeah, it did. I did John Michael Carroll or something. Oh. It's called Where I'm From. It's an actual country. Oh, I heard a. I found a great song. I told you that before the show. There. I tried to find it, but there's a big lead up, so I need to do some yeah. editing. But we'll, we'll use that as an outro next yeah, week. Yeah, it I is. Promise. How much tequila did I drink last night? I'll be asking myself that Saturday morning <laughs> yes, after the will. caveman draft. So thank you for listening. You can keep following the show at Asylum Football. If you want to be part of the mail, mailbag, asylumfootball at gmail.com. Still have AsylumFantasySports.com, but head on over to the Fake Pigskin. As soon as we get all those details worked out, we are going to move everything there. But get on there, sign up for the premium, download the draft app, all that good stuff. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care.